In the last episode, I told you about Rishon Baruchai coming out of the cave after 13 years and what he did. But I also told you that I will um, come back and give you the background. What happened after 12 years? What happened uh, in between? So here we are. Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov, Beyond the Story. I'm just going to repeat the story very much because I'm pretty sure everybody knows it. But it was a situation where uh, Rabbi Shimon Baruchai was uh, sitting together with Rabbi Dabariloi and Rabbi Yossi. And amongst them was also Rabbi Yehuda ben Gerim. Um, Rabbi Dabariloi praised the, 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 the workings of the Romans, how they have set up an infrastructure in Retisol with bathhouses and roads and uh, markets and bridges, aqueducts, and so on. Roshon Baruchai said, whatever they did, they only did for their own benefit. They didn't mean it for us, they did it for themselves. And he elaborated upon it. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, on the other hand, didn't say anything. He just did not react. After that discussion takes took place, Rabbi Dabariloi went and told the story to the other Chachamim, to the Talmidim, who were not present, were not uh, private to this uh, discussion amongst the illustrious tzaddikim of the generation. So he told them what happened. But as it always is the case, once a story is told to some, then it's repeated to others, and then eventually this, that whole episode made its way to the Romans, and they decided, well, Rabbi Dabariloi spoke well, spoke nicely, so he praised uh, the Romans, so he should also be elevated to a higher position. He became the Rosh Hashem at Mokim, he was the first to address uh, any, uh, any gathering. Rabbi Yossi, who did not say anything but should have protested, according to them, has been, will be exiled to Tsipori. And Rabbi Shimon, who has um, spoken not nicely about the Romans, Romans decided he shall be killed. When Rabbi Shimon Barachai was told, he ran with Besmedresh with his son. Eventually, he was afraid that being that his wife knew where he was, because she was bringing him food every day, he was afraid they would torture her and she would end up revealing where he was. Or get hurt. He didn't want her to get hurt. So him and his son went to a cave uh, in Pekin, a small cave, and a miracle was done to them. The Gemara says how a charuf tree grew. Actually, the word the Gemara uses is ivre. It was created. A charuf tree was created for them with, uh, along with a uh, with a wellspring and that's all they ate while they were there now being that they had no idea how long they would stay there they knew it'd probably be for a very long time and they only had one set of clothing they didn't want it to be worn out so they would take it off and cover themselves in uh, sand while they were learning toilet the whole day and they would only put it on when they needed to get up in order to daven now after 12 years Eliyahu came to the gate of the cave and said, who is going to 
announced to advise Bar Yochai that the Caesar has died and the Xeira is annulled. So Rabbi Bar Yochai and his son came out. And actually what took place then was uh, not very surprising. Remember they've spent 12 years completely secluded from El Amaze. Suddenly they come out and they see people who are plowing and planting. And they said, They abandoned the eternal life, which is the Torah study, in order to take care of temporary uh, life. Any place that they looked at burnt a baskoil came out and the Gemara says, I'll use the words, Yatsa Baskoil Ve'amra Lahem, Lachi Ve'ilami Yatsasem, Chizru Lemearaschem. A Baskoil came out and said, Did you come out to destroy my world? Go back to your cave. So they went back to the cave and they stayed another 12 months. After 12 months, they say, Well, even the Mishpat, the din of uh, the judgment of Rishoim in Geinim is 12 months. That's the maximum they could be punished. So, in other words, if they were punished and they were told to go back to the to the cave for twelve for to the cave, twelve months should be the maximum. And again, a baskoil came out and says, "Tzumarashem, come out, come out of your cave." Now, what happened next was surprising, because when they came out. Rabbi Lazar was still looking at things and burning them. But the Gemara says that any place that Rabbi Lazar would uh, destroy, would punish, Rabbi Shimon would fix. Rabbi Shimon would, would heal, meaning he would fix it. And then he told his son, Rabbi Shimon to Rabbi Lazar, it is enough for the world to have just you and me. My son, it is enough for the world to have just you and me. Which means that, look, not everybody is at the level in which they could let go of anything physical and be uh, <clears throat> completely spiritual. If the, the world needs people to do that and learn to the whole day, it's enough to use you and me. The rest of the world could go and uh, go about their, their, their Gashmizik occupations. After that, comes a story that I mentioned last week, but this time I'd like to uh, read it inside because there's some words that I want to go back to. Omar Nisa. He said, being that a miracle occurred to us, Ezil asking Milsa, let me go and fix something. He mentioned that when Yaakov Avinu came to Shechem, it was after he spent time with Lavan, and after he, he encountered Esau's angel and fought with him, and after he encountered Esau himself with his 400 soldiers, and after all that, he came out completely unscathed and uh, in, in good shape, healthy and safe. That was a miracle, so he said, I need to thank Hashem by doing something for the city of Shechem, so it says many things that he did. Uh, some say that he made them roads and markets. Some say he made them bathhouses. Others say that he made them uh, a currency. Uh, so, so then there will be fair trade. So he reached the city of Teveria. And he says, 
Omar Milsa de Sikune. Is there a play, is there a thing that needs to be fixed? Amrule Ika Duchta the is base fektuma. There is a place in here that there is a sofektuma, meaning that we know people were buried over there, but we don't know exactly where, so therefore that whole uh, area has been completely set aside as tome, as impure. The is tsara lakane leakufe, and there is a and this causes a certain discomfort to the Kayani because they have to make a detour. So as I mentioned last week, um, many things that we could learn from the story, from this, uh, from this uh, story, from him taking care of the needs of this minority of the Kayanim before taking care of his own needs. But what I really want to talk to, to you today about is what happened in that 13th year. In other words, how does it make sense that after being in the cave for 12 years, they came out completely intolerant and I would call it radicalized. And what is the solution to uh, help them reinsert, reintegrate society is to actually tell them, go right back to where you came from. In other words, go back to the place that caused you to become so intolerant. Let me explain. While Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yochai and his son were in the, in the cave for 12 years, they were not at all in contact with anything Gashmi. They had no connection with the outside world. Remember, they were really hiding. But not just the world. Anything that is physical. And even if, if those are things that were necessary to do a mitzvah, for example, they were unable to eat matzah on Pesach, or shake the lulav, the albuminim on sukkis, they only had cheruvim. Yet, they definitely practiced this mitzvah in a way in which they were able to accomplish what we accomplished by eating a kazais matzah. Begashmias, in a physical way, they were able to do this in a spiritual way, because 12 years of being completely separated from Gashmias Ha'ilam elevates a person to a very spiritual state. Now, after, and, and also you know that this is the time in which Roshon Yochai composed the Zoyar. This is where he received all this divine inspiration for that whole part of the Torah that we call Kabbalah, Primisa Torah. Tafki, because they were looking at everything in a very spiritual way, because that's, that's the place where they were at. Automatically, when they came out and they saw people being busy with Gashmizdike things like plowing their field, harvesting their wheat, they had no tolerance for that. And with the spirituality that they had, they looked at it and they, they just burnt everything. So now Hashem is telling them, go back to that very place that got you to this spiritual state in order for you to come out and not destroy the world. How does that make sense? I mean, today in the, uh, in the uh, correctional system, when somebody finally leaves incarceration in order for him to uh, incorporate 
and to integrate with society. They, they send him to a, some kind of a halfway house or someplace in which you are a little bit, uh, uh, you know, a little bit ahead, a little bit ahead. And then slowly you, you, you get used to Gashmi Sa'ilam. So maybe instead of sending them back to the cave, maybe it would be a good idea to send them to, let's say, a Besmedrish, you know? Okay, don't, don't, don't get involved with the world. You know, close yourself up in a spiritual place, which is within the world. No, he sent them exactly where they came from. And that really needs to be explained. The Ebbe explains that, in fact, in order to be able to relate to even the lowest level, whether it is the lowest people or to be able to have an effect on the lowest Gashmise thing that there are, you need to be in a very, very high spiritual state. The higher you are, the lower you could reach. Just think about uh, a strong flashlight. The fact that the flashlight could shine very far shows you that the bulb or the battery, something is just very, very strong. The stronger, the more energy, the stronger your light is, the further it could reach. So for Tzadikim to be able to reach to the lowest Gashmizike levels, to have an impact on the simplest of people, they themselves need to be very, very great. Now, of course, after 12 years, Rabbi Bayochai and his son reached sublime heights. And indeed, they were very spiritual, but maybe not spiritual enough to be able to relate to the lowest of people. As a matter of fact, so great was Rabbi Shimon Bayochai that his Rebbe, Rabbi Akiva said to him, It is enough that me and your Creator know of your strength. That strength that he's talking about is a strength that was unknown to anybody else, just Rabbi Akiva, who was his Rebbe, and the Eibishter. Because it is not something that even the greatest Chachamim of his generation could grasp, could reach. That greatness, that koyach, koychacho, that Rabbi Akiva is talking about, is that koyach, the strength to be able to reach to the lowest. Now, not only was able to be mamshich, great schusim to even the lowest of people, but he was even able to fix things. See, I told you I wanted to read the text, those few lines. What was his rationale? What was his reasoning? Why did he need to do something to help the community of Teveria? He said, Being that a miracle occurred. The word Nisa, Nes, a Nes means a miracle. But a Nes also means an elevation. You know, there is a, there is a Pasuk, Arim Nisi Ale Arim. A Nes is a, is a height. So, that explains that we could read this sentence as follows. Being that now I have been elevated to a much higher level, then I need to go and Izil asking Milsa, I could go and fix something. His ability to fix was only because now now he was elevated to a higher level. What did he fix? Tumas Mace. 
Tumas Mace is the lowest of impurity that, that exists. There are many levels in impurity, and the lowest of them all is Tumas Mace. For years, that place in Tveria was considered a Suffolk Tuma, and nobody was able to fix it. Nobody was able to help the, these Kayanim to, for, uh, about the comfort of the detour. Because nobody was able to change a Tuma into anything positive. Only Rabbi Shem Bayachai, after spending 13 years in the cave, he was then able to fix that and to purify Tveria from a Tuma's mace. Now that's what happened in the year 13. And that is why, after 12 years when he came out, he wasn't quite yet at that level. Just like Rabbi Lazar, who was not at his level, even after 13 years, he wasn't there yet. But Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachai reached that, Dafke after the year 13. Now we could understand one of the statements that Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachai used to make. Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachai would say, I am able to acquit to absolve the whole entire world of anything they are guilty of in my own schus. From the day I was created until now. Then he continues, he says, And if I was able to include Rabbi Lazar with me, my son Rabbi Lazar with me, I'd be able to absolve everybody from their guilty from their guilt, from the beginning of creation until now. It's interesting, why Dafke him? Why Dafke Rabbi Bayochai is the one who has the schus to say that in my merit, I could absolve everybody. Why not other tzaddikim? Other tzaddikim also have a great schusim. Well, we could have said that it's because he spent these uh, years in the cave and where he suffered. And sometimes in the schus of the Yisurim of Tzadikim, we are told, uh, they, have, uh, they have the ability to <laughs> so speak, they have credit. They have the ability to say, well, I took on all the suffering for all these people who are guilty. They don't need to suffer anymore. But if that's the case, many other Tzadikim suffered. And hey, Rabbi Lazar also was with him in the, in the cave. And yet we see clearly that he was unable to count Rabbi Lazar with him uh, in, in this equation. Because he says, if I was able to, I would have be able to absolve everybody from Briya Well, the answer is, as we mentioned before, it is Dafke the fact that that, that, that type of paradox about Rabbi Shem Bar-Yuchai, that on the one hand, he was greater than anybody in his generation. And he was one who, Rabbi Akiva says, only the Eivishter knows his Koyach. Which means that he had a much greater Koyach than everybody else. He's the one who saw the spirituality and everything and therefore didn't pay attention much to Gashmi Sa'ilam. And at the same time, he's the one who was able because he was so great, to reach, influence, and help those who were at the lowest of level. 
those people who needed liftoir minadin, those people that if you just go with the din, they'll be in big trouble. And even to them, he was able to reach out. All because of what happened, not only in the 12 years in the Me'aral, but really in the 13th year in the Me'aral. That also explains why when it comes to like Ba'imer, is a Hilula, is a Simcha that he expected everybody to take part in, whether they are children, adult, scholars, simpletons, everybody takes part in this Simcha because he was able to relate and reach anybody from the highest to the lowest. Let the Segulas of this day bring us all the Yeshuas that we need and definitely by learning Pnimiya Torah, which is what was revealed by Rabbi Shem Baruchai, we definitely get um, first, first row in uh, getting all of this Brachas and that all of this should come to us by the way, I encourage you to look back at uh, the podcasts related to Lag Baimer from last year's, especially uh, last year, the one discussing the schus, the segula of Lag Baimer with uh, Rabbi Shimon Bayochai helping people who had no children have children, and the way the Rebbe explained it as a time, a Yom Segula, to reconnect with your children. And finally, get the fulfillment of Hashem's promise to Rabbi Shimon Bayochai that with this book of yours, with the Zoyar, Bnei Yisrael will come out of Golus Berachamim.